Welcome to the Kill the Lion podcast. It's me, Cody Clark. You know the drill. We have a great show for you today. Nathan Cash is here, producer and uh, supporting actor of Not So Amazing, Caleb Robinson's film, which you can watch on YouTube for free. Very funny film. Nathan's very funny in it. Nathan's a good guy. We're going to have a good conversation today. If you like the show, by the way, support us. $2 per month. That's all we're asking. It keeps the show afloat. It keeps the studio afloat. We make movies here. We want to make more of them. We want to make more episodes of the show, too. Whatever you like that we do, we want to do more of it. $2 per month. KillTheLineFilms.com. And now, Nathan Cash. All right, Nathan. So, um... You're the big uh, producer up in Yakima. That's what I hear. You know, you're the you're the sought after guy. If, <laughs> if somebody wants to make a movie in Yakima, they got to talk to you, right? No, no, no. Oh my god, it's like I'm only sought after by Caleb. In all honesty, half the time, but I am also constantly trying to find people in Yakima who just need help in general. So, yeah, I guess you could call that producing. Then, yes. Well, Caleb sings your praises. Caleb's a, a big fan of you, not just as a performer, but as a producer as well. He, he sees you as a guy who can get things done and who knows people and who can solve these kind of problems you run into when you're putting something together by yourself, making a film. Uh, what, what, what's the secret? What, what, what do we need to know about uh, making a movie in Yakima? Uh, a lot of elbow grease, no. Um, let's see here. I guess the best place to start is find your people. Something that took me like that took me the longest time is that I was constantly trying to find people who were just as creative as me or who had a drive like me. And I really felt like I was never connecting with any of the people here. And I'm slowly finding more people as time goes on. But I've never I you just got to really find the people who are just as serious about about what you're doing as you are doing. Sorry, I feel like I think you know what I'm trying to say here. (laughs) Yeah, what are the red flags? Because, you know, I notice things as well where I'm like, eh, maybe this person isn't that serious. Uh, What what, Do you have any tells as far as like, all right, here's somebody that that I can bring into the fold and be a part of the project? Basically, if they seem like they are not willing to put 110% into their own film, then I just... I just almost want to walk away immediately because if I'm going to be the only person working hard on your movie, I really don't want to be involved with that because at that point it feels like I'm going to be taking over that set and I really don't want that because I'm only there to help someone else's vision and not just you know push my own basically if they're passionate about the message or whatever moral they're trying to preach with their movie then all day I'll be there yeah for for my own experience um you know I produce my own stuff I haven't really worked with another producer other than my girlfriend Chloe uh, when we've done movies together and I've always felt like the jobs get that much more maybe like backseat esque when it comes to like truly independent stuff. So like if I were to have a producer, it would be because my films are so small, it'd be the equivalent of like another director. You know, it would be there would be the risk of I'm bringing this person in to help me out. But, you know, the the stuff we're trying to do is so small that essentially they're just, you know, making the movie, too. So. You know, that that goes with like a DP as well. Like I, I'm my own director of photography because if I've got somebody on set who's like deciding shots just like I am, it's not like I'm on a big studio set and there's like a million people doing a million jobs and, and all that. If it's just me and some guy next to me saying, well, I think we should do this shot or here's how you could do that better. It's like, well, 
then then you're just you know guest directing or you're co-directing or something like that so it's a it's an interesting balance to to ride how do you kind of um defer to caleb or vice versa how did it go for not so amazing which was the uh the film of his you produced so basically every day on set well that's just how it starts it's just every day on set i'm there and i'm just ready to go some days i would almost just be there to make sure everything runs smoothly make sure that like everything is just happening sometimes caleb's a forgetful guy not gonna lie and i would be there to Sometimes keep continuity. Sometimes I'd be there just to like be a good, like just be a reminder, be like the production assistant while also be basically I'm giving my time and my efforts and everything else. So I would be shooting off ideas to Caleb. And sometimes he'd be like, I don't want to do that for the story. But then other times he'd be like, that sounds perfect. And then that is just one thing I contributed. But the other thing I would do is that we would be going, we this, we just are guerrilla filmmakers. We are guerrilla filmmakers. So we are constantly going out and filming in parks and in um you know the city and there's always going to be people around but i always but basically that's what i'm there for now where i'm kind of like the people person i know i'm tripping over my own words and you wouldn't believe it but i'm the best uh what's the communicator that's the word basically i would walk up to people and be like hey just to let you know we're gonna be filming a movie here um crazy stuff happening guy has spider-man suit haha jk all that good stuff you know and one thing would lead to another and, you know, sometimes they'd be like, oh, okay, got it. We're just going to go in here real quick and da-da-da. Sometimes we had to wait. But overall, my place in the film was just making sure that we wouldn't have anyone in the background who would possibly disrupt the scene. Um, I would make sure locations were were set up. I'd be a location scout as well, I guess. I was making sure that we can get um, extras casted. That's the reason why I also got a casting credit, thankfully. I actually, like, I just, I told Caleb he didn't have to do that. But overall, he still did it, and it was very nice of him. But overall, I'm just there to make sure we have everything that we need and everything just goes the way it needs to go. That's good. It's good to have a guy like you doing that. I mean, when I've when I've shot in public, I always have to do like the sneaky thing where I pretend like I'm not even rolling to like get around people like looking in the camera or walking through the shot or whatever. So like my my whole thing is and this is like my little secret that I, I give it in my book, but I'll give it on here as well, is that I'll turn the camera on. And then I'll just like stand a little bit away from it and like look at my phone and like not even look at the take. And that that's something I use in extreme cases where like if people know that I'm rolling, they're going to just turn really awkward as pedestrians and like be like, oh, can I walk? Can I not? Oh, you know, like that kind of like taking a couple steps in and then taking a couple steps out kind of thing that just ruins a take. And that's my way to avoid that is just pretend that I'm not rolling whatsoever. You know, everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. Everybody knows we're doing a take, you know, except for the pedestrians in the street. So it's, it's good to have a, it's good to have a, a, a Nathan. I need a Nathan. I don't, I don't have a Nathan. Where, where, where can I get a Nathan? Are you the only Nathan? Uh, no, there's plenty of them. Uh, you just got to go to your local target. That's where we hang out most of the time. Um, no, 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 no. It's like, I mean, in all honesty, uh, just find the most desperate like actor out there, and I promise you, you'll get the best producer. <laughs> so you have a, a background in acting. Do you have a background in like school, theater, things of that nature? Well, how could you guess? Yes, I, uh, uh, I, I was in a couple plays and a couple musicals in my time uh, in the last couple years. As of recently, as like as of, like the last couple of years is when I really started getting into the filmmaking and all that, and I, it started with acting overall. But yeah, it's just like acting is what started all this, and I started in theater 
at my college I went to, and also in my high school, and then it slowly turned more into like movie. Like I'm, I'm probably becoming more of a strictly film actor, but who knows? I, I'm always wavering. I might go back to theater one day. The stage calls me, I guess. Well, the cool thing is that like uh, theater and small budget, truly independent filmmaking and stuff, like it's it's closer than it is to like Hollywood stuff. You know, like Hollywood stuff is a whole other beast, but like two people in a room and maybe a camera and maybe one or two other people, that's that's black box theater. That's that's as small as you can get. And I, I always thought it's like a it's a weird thing that more theater and truly independent film crossover doesn't happen. Like a lot of my influences as a writer and whatnot, they're from the theater world. So it's like David Mamet, Neil Labute, stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff I draw from as inspiration for my own stuff. And I feel like, you know, it's just an easier transition, except for maybe people in in theater that want to get into musical theater or have Broadway aspirations and want specifically to rise uh, in that capacity. For people that just want to do interesting stories and do some smaller stuff, some more honest stuff, it's such a great uh, transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, by the way, I just want, sorry, that's on topic, off topic, but I really appreciate your movies because they always, I mean, I'm pretty sure you brought this up before, that they always do feel like if you weren't a truly independent filmmaker, I could definitely see your stuff going to like community theaters and all that. And I like, I, I absolutely love that. Well, I appreciate that. I definitely care about the, the written word. I definitely pour over uh, the dialogue and what I'm trying to do and all that. And um, I I kind of wish, you know, as much as I like improvised stuff and I like uh, fast paced, like, let's just shoot it, let's just make it kind of stuff. Like, I love the energy of that. I also kind of wish, you know, people would pour over their words for a while or at least study some of the best dialogue writers in the world, uh, you know, throughout time. Because I feel like I, I, I think plays, if you want to get like really erudite and like educated about literature or knowledgeable about a particular thing you can read plays just as fast as you read like chapter books when you were like a 10 year old or whatever like when you would go to the library and just get like a stack of like kids books and you thought you were like you know the smartest person in the world because you could read like 30 books you know over a summer it's like plays you can do that with because they're they're really short there's a lot of one acts that are great there's even the three acts you could read a couple in a day you know it's it's really fast uh knowledge and fast um experience of like what the written word can be and it's also stuff that you can do yourself because a lot of plays they take place in maybe one location two locations you can swing that if you if even if you don't have any money so you know that's that that's basically where I come from as a filmmaker, and uh, I, I'm glad you appreciate that. I'm sorry, just like like I don't understand like how in, like you're just such an intellectual. I don't know if that's the right word, but like you just I always watch your podcast, like I always listen to your podcasts, and you just come from so many different sources as a filmmaker. And I know like it's just I love the way you study things, and I love the way you look at things. I guess and like, you to put it you, and you put it into your own films. Like I, I just love that and. I appreciate that you take the time to give some love to the theater community because, I mean, in all honesty, that's where we come from. I mean, you know, the first shows ever were literally theater performances, you know, like Shakespeare and all that. 
And if we want to thank anybody, sure, we can thank our Scorseses and our Quentin Tarantinos and our Kevin Smiths. But, I mean, you know, we want to talk about the real, truly independent filmmakers. You had your, you know, your Shakespeare's and your other ones that I don't know, but you probably do know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, definitely a, an area that needs to be tapped into by anybody who wants to do the kind of stuff we're doing that that isn't tapped into enough. I feel like Tarantino would be the first to say that like Reservoir Dogs would work completely fine as like a stage play. Like you could totally see, you know, a couple juggernaut stage actors just like playing the hell out of Reservoir Dogs because it's just locked down to one location. And that's where he started. That's where he, he, you know, became Tarantino is with Reservoir Dogs. He did like a student film before that, that like is so unwatchable. You can barely even like look at it. And then he did Reservoir Dogs. And that's really where he found himself was through something that was more tied into uh, what what would be known as as theater? So I think you know for people starting out as a as filmmakers, your way in can be through plays. It can be through the written word and making sure it works on the page before you even set foot on a set, whatever. And that doesn't mean you should slave over something for years, but it just means that like tell something very simple, but go over it. And, and and make the dialogue really sing such that, you know, it, it's attractive to wonderful actors. You know, I, I love the people that are in my films and a, a good amount of them, not all of them, some of them have never acted in their life, but a good amount of them come from theater and come from a reverence for plays. And so when they, I send them a script, you know, they can they can sink their teeth into it and be like, oh, wow, I okay, this is similar to the kind of stuff I was reading in college or in high school that was thought of as like the best stuff, you know, as far as like contemporary theater or whatever, I, I understand what this guy is doing. Whereas if I send my stuff to somebody who doesn't have that background, they, they might appreciate it, but they don't know that like, oh, this is like a whole other thing. This is a whole thing that um, he's trying to do as far as, you know, instead of doing some play for like six or eight months, you know, in some small theater that nobody's going to go to except for friends and family, Here's something that's going to be on Amazon Prime or is going to be on YouTube that like more people can see, but it's essentially the same thing. So why don't I work with Cody instead of working with, uh, you know, somebody in some tiny theater? So basically, as an actor, I'm pretty sure I don't need to tell you this is that I appreciate your like your style of writing because it's simple, but um, very complex, I guess. Like you tell these very personal stories. And of course, I feel like the actors you get and the performances you get just add on to those stories. I like, I like, I love every single actor and every single film you have. Like, I don't get me wrong. I've seen my fair share of people in the, like, the truly independent film community who try their best to be, like, to act, but they put emotions on a screen instead of what they are feeling in that moment, you know, instead of just feel, just instead of feeling, they are trying to project emotions when that's not what it's about, while you, just let people play around with who they are in, their, in your movies. And that's really cool, you know? They can show a piece of themselves in their, your movies. They can become someone else entirely different. Like, I could never tell with one of your movies if that person acts like that in real life or if they are trying to imitate someone else because in all honesty, it's just that it's still a good performance no matter what. It's kind of fantastic in all honesty. Like, I don't mean to keep on, like, you know, just, uh, you know, keep on tooting your horn, but, like, I just, I love your scripts. They're fantastic. Well, I appreciate it. And I guess my secret to that is that I 
I try and cast really, really, really well. You know, that's that's something that like it doesn't really cost you anything to like really try and find the perfect person for a role, you know, other than maybe putting out casting notices or things of that nature. But I rarely do that. Usually what I'll do is I'll go on like backstage.com and I'll just go through faces and names and just see what people are about. And, you know, I'll go through hundreds and hundreds of people sometimes before I find that that perfect person or a couple people that I know could do the role if they want to do it. It's people that like it's not going to be like this huge stretch where I'm like settling kind of. It's got to be somebody where I look at them right away and I can see the character. And that's not to say that they're like that in real life because a lot of times they, they absolutely aren't. But I can look at them and I know that when somebody turns on one of my films and sees the first scene with them in it, they just, once they hear the dialogue and hear how they're saying it, they just get the character right away. I think that's that's the key with casting. Obviously, you know, with the stuff that you you guys are doing with like the the sillier stuff, you can get away with a lot more because I mean, your character in Not So Amazing is ridiculous. You know, it's, yeah. it's just the silliest <laughs> character in the world, and that's its own thing too, and that's awesome as well. I thought you were very funny in the film. I thought the whole film was very funny, and you know, there's more there's more than one way to skin a cat, but that's to give you some idea of my approach it's always got to be somebody that just is that right away and i'm like you sometimes i'll watch smaller films that people are starting out making and you know i'll see them try and do you know maybe a, a gangster picture and it's just them and their friends and it's like well if you did a film about you and your friends you could you could do that and it would be convincing you know you you don't want to bite off more than you can chew i would say mm -hmm. it's like if you really want to do a gangster picture find like a bunch of Italian guys that just want to be in a movie that are like in their 40s or 50s or 60s and that that kind of thing you can do you know but uh, you know that's that's my approach yeah I sorry now I just want to go make an Italian monster movie with like I just, I just need to find four Italian guys in Yakima that'll be easy uh <laughs> no <laughs> it's uh yeah no I mean you know, I've never actually looked at casting that way because, I mean, sure, I've casted an entire film before with extras, but I've never, ever, like, been in charge of – this is Caleb's job where it's like I've never been in charge of the main cast because he's got the eye for that. But I'm pretty sure knowing him that he thinks very much alike to you in that way because he likes the vibe of people. Like, for one of his next films, which I will not get into because Secret Secret Hush Hush, he is looking for a vibe that – I keep on throwing names at him, like, why don't we try this person? He's like, he doesn't have the vibe. It's not that he's not a good actor. It isn't that he isn't, he is a good performer. It's just that he doesn't have a vibe. And I think that's, I, I feel like that's kind of where you're going with going with your thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a vibrational thing for sure. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's, and it doesn't even have to be the frequency that they like vibing at in their own life, just on day to day. It has to be a frequency that they can do. So it's it's kind of like a musician where like, all right, maybe maybe somebody loves playing like heavy metal and is a metal head, but they have some sort of background that like they could play some, you know, pop rock song that I need to hire them for as like a session guitarist or a session drummer. You know, it may not be their passion, but it's something it's a frequency they can tap into. It's an energy they can tap into. So like, you know, they're they're characters in my film that film that like they're just my 
my creation, my everything, but like coincidentally, there is some other person in this universe that can tap into that thing. And it may not be the exact look I had in my head when I was writing it, but I don't be, I don't ever be beholden to that in the sense that like, all right, this person doesn't look exactly like I thought, or this person doesn't sound exactly like they thought. It's, it's a vibrational thing where they have to carry that that spirit that I was tapping into or that soul that just that energy for sure. Yeah. Um, the boss originally and not so funny enough, uh, was not supposed to be a 19 year old boy. It was supposed to be like this 40 year old old man with a pixie sticks. And that was the entire thing. But then I showed up with a wannabe Boston accent and well, here I am. I'm now the main bad guy of not so amazing. So yeah, it just, and it's great. I, I, it's so cartoonish. It's it's <laughs> it's like I'm watching like an old Looney Tunes or something. It's just it, <laughs> it it taps into that energy that I feel like the film needed. It it needed that cartoonish, you know, be, obviously because of the comic book influence and what you're trying to do and and all that. It just needed it needed that kind of foil for uh you know, Caleb's character. And I, I totally get why he, you know, you showed up doing what you're doing. He was like, Yes, yes, this works. Yes, yes, yes. I w- I'm just very humbled. If to be honest, I wouldn't even be on this podcast if it wasn't for Caleb because like like not like just because like he told me to do it. It's just like it's because, you know, I mean, he gave me the shot and it was very like he I'm just very humbled by him and uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't even know about you in general if it wasn't for him. So yeah. Sorry. I don't mean to get into like a whole other thing right there, but yeah, love that guy. He's amazing. I just Well, we yeah. we love Caleb here. We we're, we're big fans of Caleb here at the uh the kill the lime podcast now you i i hear through the uh the grapevine and by grapevine i mean caleb's mouth you know he said it to me specifically i hear that you are going to star in one of his upcoming films so you're kind of the main character is that true uh yes it is actually uh it took a lot of convincing only because i have this philosophy where i feel like i have to earn a part whenever i uh act in something and he was like, listen, Nathan, um, no pressure, but uh, if you don't act as the main character in this movie, I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, well, shit, Caleb. I'm like, of course I took it. I was very, like, very pleased. I, I have, we have, we don't have a script done just yet. He's in the, he's doing the rough draft at the moment still. And um, he's just given me the overall outline of the entire film. And I'm just very excited for it. Um, I think sometime in the middle of next year we're gonna start uh filming that i think at the end of this year we're gonna get into pre-production but overall yeah just like right now we're both taking a break i mean i'm not i'm trying to find stuff to do right now um wink wink nudge nudge to anyone listening to this um basically like yeah we're just taking a break right now and then next year we're just gonna start getting into production of that i'm gonna do my producing thing while also being the main character, which is going to be a challenge, but like, I'm nothing but excited for it. That's all I can say without getting into the nitty gritty of the film. Well, I'm happy to hear that it was a case of, you know, if you don't do this movie, I'm not going to do it. Cause I've, I've been in that position too with, uh, with Ramekin, uh, my film that did pretty well on Amazon prime, the lead of that, you know, I, if, if it wasn't her, I wouldn't have even made it. And mute date, if it wasn't Anthony, if he, if I handed him the script and he was like, yeah, I don't really feel like it. I just would have moved on to something else. There's certain key roles that you just cannot like replace. They're just like, 
people are earworms in your head where you just can't get them out of your head. They're like the specific vibe that you need for the film to even land. And uh, yeah, I always treat ideas like a dime a dozen. And if somebody isn't as excited about it as I am and I know that they're necessary, I'll just move on to something else. I've done that with films before. I've uh, I've written entire scripts and then they were just like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. And I was like, all right, moving on to the next thing. You know, not going to cry over spoiled milk, but I have to be true to my word. You know, if I if I tell somebody, if you don't do this, I'm not doing the film. It has to be for real. You know, they can't be sitting around and then like a year later, they're like, wait a second. Hey, isn't that that movie that uh, I was supposed to be the perfect person for and he wasn't going to make <laughs> it without me? You know, you know, I'll move on to something else and parts of the script that I liked will end up in some other script or whatever. You know, I I'm not too precious about uh you know, the ideas and like every film needing to be made. I've, I have a bunch of scripts that just never were made because, you know, it didn't work out with the person that needed to be the person, you know, it happens, man. So as far as like, you, you know, you, you want to act in a ton of stuff. You want to be in a bunch of stuff. You're not, I know, I know you're hungry for more than just, you know, Caleb's stuff as great as it is. You know, you want to be out there. You want to be in as much of stuff as possible because you're an actor and that's what actors want to do. So do you have aspirations beyond Yakima? Are there places in the U.S. you want to head and like live or what What are your ideas? I know you're a young guy. How old are you again? Uh, I am 20 turning 21 at the end of the month. You are you are a little baby. You know, you you got the whole world ahead of you. You know, you're, you're complimenting me on like you know, how well-versed I am in things, it's because I'm older than you. <laughs> by, the, by the time you're as old as I, you will know just as much or uh, just as little, rather, as I do. And uh, you'll be impressing 20-year-olds left and right, for sure. Um, but where, where do you want to live, kid? Where, where do you want to grow up or, or do movies in? Do you have Hollywood aspirations? Do you want to come to New York City? Where, where do you want to be? So Hollywood's off the table because uh, I'm a five-five white boy. I would get drowned out like well, piran- like I don't, like I don't know what gets drowned in water. I was about to say a fish, which doesn't work that well. But um, no, Hollywood is off the table like easily. Um, I what I want to do though for right now is I definitely want to keep on acting in truly independent films. Um, as of right now, I am trying to. Like, since there's so many people now that I'm finding, like, you and Dan and, you know, uh, you know, Doom Productions, you know, Ethan and Jordan, I love them to death. Literally, me and Caleb are going over to Oregon to go see them tomorrow in person. It's fantastic. Sorry, off topic. Oh, wow. We got a scoop. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Hey, we're just getting dinner. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to leave it hush-hush. I'm not going to say any more other than that. But I would love to be like, I'm not planning on, you know, quitting my day job right now to go pursue acting because that's not something I can do at the moment. But I would gladly take off weeks to go fly somewhere and like go do a movie with someone else. Um, You know, of course, if the shooting days were pretty quick, I know doomed they do those 14 day shooting days and by the way doomed if you're listening to this this is not me like guilt tripping you into like putting me in a movie but at the same time i mean we'll never be friends i'm kidding um i just want to be able to you know meet everyone that we've been that we've been like all the movies that we've seen so far me and caleb i would love to be able to work with them like i would love to work with you cody in all honesty i would love to work with joel haver i would love to work with uh dan lots i would love to work with everyone that i've been meeting i would love like i would love to meet, meet all these people and work with them 
Um, and that's the plan at the moment. No plans. I'm, I'm, I would love to make this a career with independent films, even if those independent films are million dollar films, but overall like quote unquote independent. I just want to do stuff that isn't mainstream at the moment. I don't want to be famous as an actor. I just want to be an actor. I'm tired of like seeing people wanting to be an actor so they can become famous and become rich and all that. When in all honesty, I just want to give good performances and just tell like, you know, just tell interesting stories with who I uh, have hidden inside me, I guess you could say. Yeah, I would say fame is always best as like just a natural side effect. Like if you if if it's your goal, you know, you're in for a world of hurt as far as like your expectations of what it actually is. It should always just be something crappy that just naturally occurs because, oh man, I'm doing something really good and people like it and now I can't walk down the street and that sucks. Like that should just be that should be the extent of it. It should not be something you covet or want or whatever. And it seems to me like you have your head, you have a good head on your shoulders in that regard. So do you want to write your own stuff, direct your own stuff? Uh, are there plans in that regard? Because it's so it's so easy to uh, get something going these days. You know, it's not this thing of like maybe 20 or 30 years ago where like if you were an actor and you wanted to do your own stuff, you had to literally just do a play or you had to do a one a one-man play or something like that at like a community theater nowadays you know you you have access to a camera and friends and this that and the other and you, you can make something that hits with a a fairly wide audience it's it people always think about hollywood as like oh that's the big pond and i'm in the small pond and i want to be a big fish in the small pond rather than a little fish in the big pond but our pond is so much bigger than it ever was, you know? It, yeah, exactly. We're reaching people left and right. Joel Haver's movie, uh, Pretend That You Love Me, it's got like, I don't know, 200,000, 250,000 views, and this is a very small niche film, man. So the the pond is getting bigger. You know, the small pond mentality is dying, luckily. And, uh, you know, you can do your own stuff. So do you want to do your own stuff? Uh, so basically, of course, the idea of directing something has come up, um, but I'm not going to act in it. I think that if I ever did direct something, I wouldn't want to act in it because one of my biggest things is that, you know, I feel like a lot of actors do that. And I mean, th there's no harm in that. You know, if you want to make a, if you want to act and you are starving and you can just so happen to make your own film to act in, perfect. Go do it. I love that idea. You know, you can, you know, fill that stuff, like fill that sensation that you want, you know, get what you want. But I have plenty of people around me who I can audition, like movies I can audition for, you know, um, man, I mean, the skits around, around me, like there's enough happening where I can find something. Don't get me wrong. Right now it's kind of dry, but I will find something. But I, I, the reason why I want to not act in my film is because I want to give other people who were like me a couple years ago, who were starving, never acted before, want a meaty role. Because, you know, some of these people, they go to, like, theaters and, like, they're just being set as, like, you know, background dancer number three, when in all honesty, they are probably the best actor in that theater. And I want those people to be able to come out in a feature film. Like, because if I do do a directorial debut, it might, pro it probably will be a feature film. Because uh, Caleb inspired me in that way. But overall, I'm not sure. I'm not setting it in stone if I'm going to do it. But I am going to try to make a LARPing movie. A live-action role-playing movie. About the LARPing community. And that's where I'm going to leave it at. <laughs> because I don't want... Again, I'm still trying to figure out themes. I'm still trying to figure out all that. But I'm not sure where I'm at with that right now. But overall, 
I won't be acting in that. At the very most, I will have a cameo. But overall, my biggest aspiration is that if I'm going to direct, I want to learn how to direct. If I want good, if I want good performances, I don't want to be a part of it. I want someone else so they can feel, so they can start feeling what it's like to be in the spotlight and not letting it get to their head, I guess. Because I want people to know that they're a good actor just because you're not getting casted in the big stuff, like the bigger productions in my town, just because you're not the, you know, the hot guy on the stage does not mean you're not worth, you know, a lead role. You know, you probably have some, some like, like amazing acting chops and, you know, you feel like you don't have any because no one's giving you the chance. So I want to be able to give people that chance if I start directing. People like the underdogs who never get seen and then have them blow up because, like, I would only want my movies to become, like, really big just so people that are in them can become really big. That's the only reason why I'd ever want that. I, I just want people like me to have an opportunity like me because it was just, yeah, like, I was given a gift and I want to be able to give it back to the world, I guess. Well, that's very generous of you. That's that's how I feel kind of as well as like, you know, I, I enjoy acting somewhat, you know, if I'm if I'm right for the role, I'll do it in my own stuff or or somebody else's thing or whatever, you know, like I'm, I'm perfectly happy to do that. But, you know, I get my kicks giving, like you said, people that might get passed over for bigger roles. But to me, our stars, an opportunity to shine, you know, any any person in my film is there because they're a star to me, you know. I I, I get starstruck uh, on set sometimes, just looking at these people, reading my words, and wearing what I think they would look good in the film, looking like or whatever, and then you know shooting them with the lenses that I think would work for them, all that stuff. It's just like they become movie stars to me, and they're gonna be movie stars to anybody else, you know. It's it's this dumb Hollywood thing that like we need to see Will Ferrell in every single comedy or yeah. <laughs> we need to see uh, Tom Cruise in every single action adventure movie. What we what we truly need is just good performances, people that are right for the role, and that's what people want above all else. And they're so happy to see a a new face that isn't being shoved down their throats or shoved into their eyes. Somebody who's just shining and doing a good job. And isn't this manufactured thing of like, this is the it girl or this is the new it guy, which we naturally resent as consumers and, and watchers of, of media and entertainment. We want fresh faces because guess what? Real people are interesting and they're not only interesting in reality TV context. You know, real people can really act. And I feel like the whole reality TV thing is almost like this weird psyop and, and same for like YouTube vlogs and content, you know, that, that, that dangerous, stupid word content where people aspire to be content creators or whatever, you know, any, any one of these people could be in, in something that's fictional, that's well-written, that's well-directed. And I think that's, that's a wave of the future. People are going to get sick of content and reality and all these things that hold, you know, average regular folk back from being able to reach the greatness of of what they could be doing in a truly independent film context. You know, once they once they snap and realize what I'm doing, Caleb's doing, Joel, Dan, Doomed, the list goes on. You know, all these guys we always mention a lot. Once they realize, hey, I can do this too, and I can do it to a high standard of quality, and it could be something I'm proud of, then we're gonna have quite an explosion on our hands. And uh, so, so what's it been like discovering, you know, my stuff, uh, everybody's stuff that 
that Caleb's kind of been, I guess, kind of bringing you into the fold and showing you what other people are doing. Uh, you know, it, it, it must be very encouraging, especially because you're, you're, you know, you're a young guy, you, you can barely buy a beer, you know, you, you, yeah. you, know, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you are a, a young fella. And so, so it must be very cool to, you know, I'm, I'm 33. So I've been around a while. I've seen different incarnations of people making stuff. What's it been like for you? Because, you know, you're ready to embark on this journey as, as an actor, as a writer, as a performer, uh, it must be very encouraging. It's been amazing, in all honesty, to start finding everybody. Uh, I'm gonna start. I'm just gonna toot my own horn for a bit. I was the one that started messaging people. Not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> basically, I like me and Caleb at the same time found everybody. I guess like at the exact same time because again, like Caleb said, we found the Dan Lotz playlist of all the feature films, which um, all the folk filmmakers, uh, no budget, truly independent filmmakers, all that, you know, they are all on there, at least for mo- for the most part. I-, I found a couple other here and th- others here and there, but finding everybody has been, like, game-changing. It's almost been, like, Avengers-level, like, crossover-style episode-type thing. I was literally, like, it's just, it's fantastic. It's, like, it's amazing. The idea, like, me, like, for three years, we made Not So Amazing, and it was one of the hardest things that I've ever done that Caleb's ever done, that any of us have had ever done. And the one thing that we thought the entire time is like, are we alone? Are we the only people doing this? Like, cause if we are fine, we're going to pave the way. We're going to do what we can. We're just going to be inspirational, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it would be nice to know that there's someone else like us, you know, someone who's just as, you know, who has aspiring goals, just like us who want to just be filmmakers and do it with no budget. And we're like wondering who's out there, you know, when we found, you know, uh, we found, like people like, you know, Chris Stuckman and, you know, Austin McConnell, they made their own independent features. It was like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, but then, you know, suddenly we started find, started finding everybody, you know? It's like we found you and we saw, you know, we saw you had the movie Bed. We had we saw Strummer. You know, we saw, you know, like, I mean, as of recently, we started watching them. You know, we watched Mute Date. We watched, uh, let's see, Attack of the Giant Blurry Finger. We watched, uh, let's see, we watched Shredder. We watched Strummer. Um, we're about to watch Bed here soon. You know, we watched Chlorine with Dan Lotz. We watched Sheep Theater. We watched Long Con. We watched, uh, you know, we, we've been on a binge watching like session. We watched, uh, you know, House with, by Ethan. We watched, um, let's see, Old Brother with Jordan. Like all these people have been popping up. You know, we've even watched uh, jo- some of Joel Haver's stuff, which like I think is insane that he's not even getting more views for those movies because like it's insane that these like that he's like getting these thousands and millions of views for these short films, but he's not like getting enough attention for his features because I mean you know it's the idea that they are literally sitting there and no one's even noticing them. Like don't get me wrong, he has more than the average no feature like no budget feature does, but it's the fact is that I think he deserves a lot more than that even. It's just the fact, like, it's just been a lot. And it's, like, not in a bad way. It's just been an overwhelming sense of positivity because I feel like, for once, we don't feel alone in the world because we have all these people who are just like us, who are putting the exact same amount of efforts, putting in the exact same amount of, you know, fight into their movies. Like, we're just fighting for our movies and knowing that there's other people out there like us is just, like, phenomenal. It's, like, fantastic. Yeah, it's been encouraging for me as well. You know, I I went through the same thing of like, am I the only one doing something of quality out here and doing it small and and all that? 
And, you know, over time, you just find these people here and there. You know, when, when Joel Haver was living in New York City, you know, he was he was the other person in New York City that, like, I could relate to. And I was like, hey, man, I'm doing this. You're doing that. Let's meet up. And we, we were able to do good stuff together. And, um, you know, it's 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 a small community for sure, but it's it we're always like a week away from discovering someone else who's doing something interesting and i'm sure as we're speaking somebody's working on their first thing or or whatever and we'll discover us and you know we're slowly coming together and everybody's doing different stuff too there's no one look there's no one feel you know everybody's truly honest with you know what they want to do and and making their own thing and it's it's just great to see and you know people are used to finding movies in a way where the movie basically just shows up to their eyelids and you know they they see trailers before the movie that they're sitting down to and they they see tv spots and they their friends are telling them we got to go see this at this date and all that everything's basically working for them and some of the best stuff you'll ever find in life, you're going to have to do a little work and do a little digging for yourself. You know, some of my favorite movies I discovered in weird roundabout ways or just stumbled upon luckily. And that's the case with our stuff. You know, people are finding our stuff and being like, oh my God, you know, I didn't know that this gem was out there. And, you know, it, it even happens with, you know, Joel Haver's got over a million subscribers, but like you said, his feature films, which are are meaty and 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 really interesting films, they'll get much less hits, and you know they're hiding in plain sight. And it's it's not always going to be that case because I think people are going to get more used to the the idea that okay, if I want to watch something good, I'm kind of going to have to find it, or somebody's going to have to find it and tell me about it and be like, hey man, you got to watch this video. And it's not going to be some viral 10 second thing. It's going to be like a, you know, a, what, an hour 30 film or whatever. You know, that's just going to be the big switch over as far as like independent stuff that people fall into. And it's kind of like that old, like, I don't even know if this is a real thing or if it's like a myth or whatever, but the idea that like the natives of a land have never conceived of boats and so they see boats on the horizon and they don't even recognize them as anything. And they, you know, that, that whole, I forget if it's like a poem or if it's something like that, where like, if you can't even conceive of something, it's just invisible to you. And so I don't think people can conceive of the kind of films that we make. They can't conceive of, you know, a couple thousand dollars or a couple hundred dollars equaling something other than maybe like a short film that looks like crap or, you know, whatever. They can't conceive of us yet. So we're hiding in plain sight and they can't see it. Like people, even people on Joel Haver's YouTube looking at his stuff and watching his stuff daily, they can't even register that like the feature films are there. It's just, it, they're just blind to it, but they won't always be, you know, I think, I think as time goes on, people are going to be, be uh, more able to see what we're doing and that it's a value. And I think, you know, a big factor of that is the fact that, you know, arts journalists, the, the kind of people that people trust to tell them what's good and what's interesting and what's new, they're being exposed for what they are, which is they, they were just, you know, press release hacks. You know, it was just big studios sending them press releases and saying, hey, this is the hot new band, write about this. And then they 
print the press release, maybe change a couple words, but it's basically just plagiarized from the press release, and there you go. And that there's very few people genuinely seeking what's the best new music, what's the best new movies, who are who should I be paying attention to? It's pretty rare, and it's mostly coming from friends saying like, "Hey man, you got to watch this," and or "Hey man, you got to listen to this," and. Maybe one day journalists will write about the kind of stuff we're doing. You know, it only takes one to get really interested and and do some article for some big publication, then others will just copy off that or whatever. Maybe that will happen. But it's funny that, you know, with Joel Haver's huge success, I don't see any articles about Joel Haver. And that should be the number one story. That should be the biggest, you know, thing out there. And you don't see any of that man so it's like almost like there's no hope for us but i think there is hope because it's like it's just confirmation that like wow even if i hit a million views in like three months or whatever you know they they still are going to ignore me so i must be onto something you know (laughs) there must be a lot of power to what i am doing that they have to be like you know we can't let people know that you can make stuff for like a couple hundred bucks like that kind of screws our whole you know money-making scheme over here in Hollywood. So on the topic of Hollywood, man, you know, you, you don't want to be a part of it. I don't blame you. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Hollywood whatsoever. Um, what, you know, as a young person, when you look at Hollywood, cause you know, sometimes, sometimes people get, you know, a little, they, they, they get alerted to, uh, you know, what's going on there being in big movies. They want to work with Nolan. They want to work with, you know, Scorsese, you know, you, you want to work with me. You want to work with, you know, in the doomed guys, you want to work with smaller stuff. What do you see in Hollywood? That's so off putting. I, that's kind of a loaded question because there's so much that's off putting about Hollywood, but what, what do you find repugnant or repulsive about the Hollywood machine? The only thing I find off-putting about Hollywood, the only thing, is that people drown, and it hurts to see that. For the longest time, I would beg for people to drown in the weirdest way, because it would give me a chance to step up. But by doing that, all I was doing is just, it was my turn the chopping block next, you know, just to be drowned out. And that's a terrible way to think. I hear people always wanting to go to Hollywood in my town or leave Washington, you know, leave Yakima because nothing to do here. And some of them talk about Hollywood, you know, some of them aren't even talking about like movie wise. They just want to go because why not? It's just that I'm sure Hollywood is a fine place. You know, I'm sure California is a fine place. You know, the beaches, everything else, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that California is a bad place. I'm not even going to say, you know what? I'm not going to say there isn't positive aspects to Hollywood. I'm just going to say that people are drowning and I feel like we just need to see them. I just feel like everyone needs their chance now. I feel like there are so many people that are just like, they are losing their chances to being what they want to be because someone said no. And that's awful. I like, I like, I couldn't imagine someone being that heartbroken because I got lucky enough to find Caleb and I got lucky enough to find no budget fi- like filmmaking. I got lucky. Like, that's the honest truth. I, I'm lucky that I love it so much, too. Like, I could very well be like, this is trash. You know, why the heck am I a part of this? You know, like, why the fuck am I a part of this? You know, why, like, why is this so important to me? But there are people out there who think that making it is starring next to Brad Pitt and, you know, all that. Which, it sucks because I love Brad Pitt as an actor. I love, you know, Shia LaBeouf. I love all these actors. I love all these actresses. And I, you know what? I'm one of my favorite actors of all time, Joaquin Phoenix. I would die. Like, and I'm not saying I love Joaquin Phoenix because a Joker, like every other basic white boy. 
I love Joaquin because of his other movies. Off topic, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I like that's my dream though. One day to act alongside Joaquin Phoenix because he's my hero, you know. And I don't know if Joaquin Phoenix is a stand-up guy or a good guy or even a nice guy. It's the fact is though is that that's of course in the back of my head I would love that. But it's the fact is that people are centering their entire lives and goals around their dream actor, their Joaquin Phoenixes. And wanting to act alongside them and act alongside their directors and have a good old time. You know, like everyone wants that community. You know, I feel like everyone there wants that sense of community that they're not going to get in Hollywood. You know, they feel they're a part of something bigger, but they are so small in that in that scale. You know, when in all honesty, if they came over to us, you know, they came to New York, they came to Oregon, Washington, Chicago, you know, all those places. There is a community with open arms that like wants to like bring them in. You know, it's like it's sad. That's the only reason why I have a hard time with Hollywood. Not because they can't, you know, bring out the good in people sometimes. You know, I can't I can't lie. I love Hollywood. You know, it's just that. There needs to be a new Hollywood that isn't down, like, that doesn't hurt the people that want to help them. There's a whole entire group out there that would sell an arm and a leg to make sure Hollywood still go is still going, and they just throw them to the side because they know that they won't make a, a buck off that person. So, that's my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, the way I, I feel is uh, pretty similar to you, which is like, you know, I would love to work with Joaquin Phoenix. I would love to work with any number of these people, but it's going to have to be on my terms and it's going to have to be them realizing what they don't have where they are and realizing what they do have where I'm at, you know, instead of taking time off and doing a play, you know, smaller thing. I feel like, you know, in a couple of years or maybe a decade, who knows, you know, you're going to see Hollywood actors taking off to do truly independent films and the the acting um, unions are going to have to just accept that. They're going to have to rewrite the rules and be like, all right, you guys can do those little films. It's OK. And they're going to have to because enough people are going to say, well, then I'm just not going to be part of the union. I'm, I'm just going to break from the union and do my own thing. And that's that. You can't stop me. Once the desire is there, I feel like the big actors, they have all the power in the world. No one's going to tell Tom Cruise he can't be in a Cody Clark movie if he wants to be in a Cody Clark movie. He he he's he's the guy who's paying all the bills, you know. <laughs> his his successful movies are the reason Hollywood's still around. So, I think the actors will kind of realize that they have the say and whatnot, and they'll do the interesting projects, you know, just like they find smaller independent films to do from time to time, they're going to find even smaller stuff like we're doing, and they're going to realize how good it is. So it's going to be on our terms. And even further than that, if that never happens, if I never work with a Hollywood actor or whatever, I feel like the transaction is already complete. You know, if, if I watched a Joaquin Phoenix movie, and I liked his performance, I feel like the transaction is complete. You know, I don't feel like I'm waiting for a couple of years later where like I get to meet him or I get to tell him how I feel. When you watch something, once it's over, the transaction's done, you know? And it can be very influential. It can be stuff that, people that I look up to tremendously, Hollywood directors, uh, independent directors on a larger scale than I, you know, when I'm influenced, when I am moved, when I am uh, inspired, that's when the transaction is complete. And anything on top of that, you know, it's great. It's nice. It's awesome. But I'm just grateful that Joaquin Phoenix exists. You know, I'm grateful that I can sit down and watch him in, in a movie 
and that affected my life and and all that and there you go you know i'm happy and that approach is what's going to attract these people to even want to do stuff with us in in the first place you know <laughs> the fact that we don't want anything from them truly you know the fact that we're just happy that they exist you know that's that's the kind of energy that a person would want to be around if i was in their position at least that's that's the kind of vibe that i would i would be attracted to and be like hey these kids are doing something over here and i might as well be a part of it and you know you see you see these bigger actors dipping their toes as far as like short like little funny skits or whatever like the funny or die era of like doing smaller stuff that was interesting and whatnot but it kind of perpetuates the lie that you can only do tiny small you know minute long two minute things on a smaller scale you can do you know as caleb did as as any of us have done you can do feature length films for a couple hundred bucks and it's going to be a good movie it's going to be something you can watch and and really enjoy all right so we we close out the show here with stupid questions you're probably familiar with the that aspect of the show are you ready for stupid questions yes i am all right now we we had a bit of a discovery on the last episode gage clift turned out to be related to uh montgomery clift we don't have the dna results just yet you know but but apparently that's that's the local legend. That's what his family knows uh, his lineage as. I think that's really cool. Nathan Cash, are you related to Johnny Cash? So I know this is gonna be insane, but yeah, I am actually. No, I, I I know you're acting, right? Yeah, I would die if I found that out. I'd be like, well, I'm gonna start making country music. It's in my genes, clearly. <laughs> All right. Second question: Are you related to the actual object? cash you know like the the money that you have in your pocket are you related to to uh cash yes i have to go to banks for my family reunions so so we have confirmation on that at least that that's definitely true oh yes for sure you are related to paper money oh yes all right next stupid question in in your heart of hearts were you like dying for somebody to watch not so amazing a a critic and have their review literally just be the title yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's such a missed opportunity. It's like, how has nobody just been like some some pompous critic like watches it and literally just spits back the title right after you? Not not a word changed. Just not so amazing. Three word review. Yeah. I would like die. I'd be like, that's exactly what I, I did this for. Totally. From the beginning, I was like, ha ha, I got you. And, you know, hey, bad publicity is still publicity. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> It's kind of an ingenious title in that regard, because if somebody's like, eh, it wasn't that great, you can be like, well, we told you, you know, we told you in the title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we warned you we, ahead we, of time, you spoiler yeah, alert. you can't say we didn't warn you, <laughs> you know, it's not so amazing. Yeah, it's, it, this is not so amazing, this is not so amazing, get it right. <laughs> next, next stupid question. Okay, so everybody, I, I mean, this is like teetering on an actual question, honestly. This is like everybody I interview. I've, I've interviewed the Yakima boys. You're, you, I mean, this is I'm, I'm ending the Yakima trilogy here. You know, I'm, I'm not going to do any more Yakimas for a while. I think uh, everybody's up to their ears in Yakimas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you, you Yakima boys. You know, you're plentiful, and we've had enough of you, and we don't want to hear from you anymore. Okay. You know, we're, we're done with the Yakimas. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm just kidding. I love all you. Um, everybody I ask is like, oh, there's nothing to do in Yakima. I want you to, I, I need you to rack your brain. What is something 
to do in Yakima that is actually fun because all these boys, they're just like, yeah, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Give me, we, I can't end the Yakima trilogy with nobody saying, all right, you know what? We got a good mini golf place or we got a good whatsoever. <laughs> what what do you have there? Not related to you guys making films. What's something there? If I visit Yakima, where are you taking me? You know, you can't just take me back to your place and be like, let's make a movie. <laughs> I need some entertainment, okay? What's something that's genuinely fun in Yakima, Washington? Okay, so here's the inside scoop. I do have some stuff. Basically, all the stuff we have here is probably what you will find in any other town, but still pretty cool. We have two arcades. In fact, one of the arcades we used, uh, one of the arcades here, let us use the back of their parking lot, is which is where we shot the final fight. So nerds, nerds arcade is really cool. Very retro. Um, you can pay like ten bucks to play old fashioned like video games. You can play like the original Nintendo and like the Atari and all that, and it's really cool. Um, you can go to Meadowbrook is where we shot seventh. Um, there's a whole scene there, the entire um, like arcade scene. That's where that takes place is in Meadowbrook, and that place is really cool. We have mini golf, like you said. We have you know bumper bolts. We have a uh, let's see. We actually have a little mini racetrack. It's good stuff. You get to, like, drive pumper cars. We have two really good movie theaters here. You know, I mean, we have $6 Tuesdays. Those are fun. Sherry's are nice here. Those are great. And to be honest, all these things I'm saying are, like, all, you know, very, like, average, run-of-the-mill stuff that everyone around me would be like, oh, man, those are boring things. We've done those a billion times. But it's like, if I have to be truly honest, the best thing, I'm not going to, I don't want to sound like a sap, but here I go. Basically, the best thing about like the fun, the best thing to do in Yakima is just like look at the sites and just hang with friends, have the have conversations about how much you dislike Yakima and how much you hate it, you know, because you know everyone in Yakima is just so connected in the weirdest way. Like you'll walk down the street and you'll probably see someone you know, and it's absolutely insane. And you know, of course, there's all these fun things that you can do, like nerds and you know. Um, Meadowbrook in the movies, but like the best thing about Yakima is the people. Even though, don't get me wrong, we have a fair, like a fair share of sketchy people. I promise you, some of the realest people live here, and like I wouldn't want to like if I if I had to live here for the rest of my life, I would hate it. But at the same time, I would hate it with other people too. So it would be a decently good experience. That's a very good answer, and it's the answer I've been waiting for because you know I'm watching these movies. I'm seeing people on go karts. I'm seeing people doing mini golf. Yeah. I'm seeing people at arcades. And for somebody who lives in Brooklyn, New York, you know we don't have that really. You know, <laughs> I, I I want an arcade. I want that experience. You know, it's it's all old hat to you guys, but I'm out here. You know, I don't I don't have that. I'm jealous. <laughs> and then I ask one of you Yakima boys and. You're just like, oh, we, we don't really have anything. We just make movies, you know. That's, yeah. that's about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I need something more than that, and I'm glad you delivered. I, I appreciate that. Oh, for sure. I love telling the good part. I'm, I'm more of the positive one out of everybody. I can't lie. <laughs> I can definitely tell you the good part. Do you have a bowling alley? Do you have a good bowling alley? I forgot the bowling alleys. <laughs> There's like three of them here. See, that's what... I'm clamoring for a bowling alley. Bowling here is oddly expensive and it's not that great. You know, I, I've always had my best bowling in smaller towns. You know, I we, we got the kind of bowling alleys here where there's like a metal detector to get in. Like it's <laughs> it's not it's not the kind of place you want to be bowling. You know, so I I definitely wanna be uh at a Yakima bowling alley or an a Yakima arcade. I'm gonna 
maybe all vacation in Yakima, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I definitely. It's like basically Palm Springs or Washington, apparently. Where whoever said it, yeah. Yeah, that's. A, I think. I think Caleb said uh, something to that regard that he he resented the Palm Springs comparison. <laughs> yeah, considers it an armpit or maybe it was Gage. I don't remember. All you Yakima boys, you just all blend together. <laughs> I feel like you kind of you're your own thing because you kind of have that like actor like positive like happy go lucky vibe. But uh, are you a rarity in town, or is is the Yakima vibe more like the Caleb kind of like uh, Eeyore vibe, or like what's the Yakima vibe? The Yakima vibe is everybody. I don't know. It's like we have a bit of everybody. Uh, don't get me wrong. Caleb can definitely be a pessimist, but I mean, he loves this place just as much as the next guy. He just will never say it. I mean, you know, we grew up here. I mean, the vibe of Yakima is basically, you know, people think, oh yeah, crime and, you know, you know, apples. That's basically what they think. But like, in all honesty, it's like, it's a, it's a very homely place where people can just kind of come together. It's definitely humble beginnings. Like, when people get out of Yakima, they can definitely say, I came from Yakima. And people are like, ew, that little town? And you know what? They can look back and be like, yeah, that little town. And like, that's the vibe of Yakima. It's the place that you're not going to live at forever. And when you look back on it, you'll hate it. But at the same time, you also appreciate what you learned along the way. So more inspirational stuff. <laughs> well, you've done you've done awesome stuff there already. Uh, you know, all of you, all of you Yakima boys I'm talking about, you, you've made the most of your Yakima surroundings. And, uh, you know, not a lot of people can say they made a movie in their hometown, wherever they are. So kudos to you guys for doing it. Nathan, it was great talking to you. Thank you for being on the show. And uh, I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on. And you are fantastic. Thank you. Stop by Yakima sometime. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was looking at Yakima flights and it's like a hundred bucks, but it's like a bazillion hours. And it's just like, you know, you're weighing them. Like, oh, man, I could, I could get there for $99, but at the same time, I'm going to be on a plane for like nine hours. It's so <laughs> stupid. But who knows? One day I might swing by Yakima and we all do something. That'd be cool. All right. Good having you on. Take care. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. If you like the show, please support us. $2 per month. KillTheLionFilms.com. You support the show. You support the studio. We make more movies. We make more episodes. Everybody's happy. See you soon.